Okay, we just need to chill, take a couple sips, and shove it up our butt. Yeah, like, get a lobotomy right up your butt. What? What? (laughs) What? And no, not a lobotomy, like a fucking endoscopy or whatever. <laughs> you know what? I'm not a doctor. You shouldn't expect me to know this. Hi, welcome to the Red Rum and Red Wine podcast, the podcast where we talk about murder, mystery, and mishaps. Well, if you haven't realized, we're two of them ourselves. Hi, I'm I'm Kristen. And I'm Sarah. And I was talking about insecurities. Shove our insecurities up our butt. Yes, because... We, mm, what's new? We, well, Sarah didn't mess up. I messed up. I somehow lost two things of audio. Uh, two, yeah, yeah, two episodes. Like, so, so remember when like the past few episodes we were like, oh my god, we're like getting ahead, we're being productive. <laughs> wow, we're being adults. Yeah. Hi, welcome to us no longer being adults anymore. It took less than a week. Are we shocked? I'm I'm not. I'm absolutely no. not shocked. Uh, like, we were anticipating this to the max, which I guess is why we did it. So here we are. Three steps ahead, five steps back. Are we upset? No. No, we are uh, out here. I got a bottle of wine to make me feel all better about this situation. Me too. What kind of wine are you drinking? Oh, fuck. Um, You know, the bottle had barbecue on it because I'm from Texas. And (laughs) And I drink my barbecue. I'm a a fucking stereotype, okay? (laughs) So, yes, my my wine's barbecued flavored. I don't even know. It's like it goes good with barbecue or something like that. But my mom got it at some winery. And I think it's a blend and... Sounds smoky. It's honestly pretty good. Sounds good, yeah. I, I didn't like it at first, but now that I'm, like, two glasses in, I'm digging it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. After two glasses of anything. Right. What about you? I am um, drinking my usual, my Oak Leaf mm. Cabernet. We love the huge. The huge. I can't wait for you to try it. <laughs> I know. We're going to fucking be bottle service bottle on bottle on bottle i know i kind of want to give you like a blind tasting of the oak leaf versus another one just so you can tell me if you let that shit aerate for like 20 to 30 minutes it will probably i won't be able to i won't be able to tell the difference yeah we'll try it the aeration really gets rid of that, like, sulfur taste, you know? Yeah. Sulfate. Well, okay, so does... <laughs> the daemon taste. <laughs> does aer- aerating it for 20 minutes, is that better than using the aerator pourer? I think so, because the aerator's, like, technically cheating, at least in my mind. But I think... I think it'll be good. Oh my god, did you see that? Sorry, TikTok. That one girl um, in Austin. So I want to find this man. 
she was showing his like I think it was like his Bumble profile, and she was like, "This doesn't matter," and it was his height, and it was five nine. When this is in the picture, and his occupancy was a fucking a winemaker yeah. and i'm like um yeah no it doesn't it doesn't matter it doesn't matter one bit you could be fucking four foot two and i will make it work <laughs> honey <laughs> i will make it work i love that i love me a winemaker Ooh, yeah. that's fun we should make wine we should who would drink it i would i would <laughs> Oh, yeah. I fucking would. Who wouldn't? We'll make it real cheap. Everyone would. <laughs> but I mean, okay, it'll taste good. <laughs> yeah, though. It, yeah. Well, I'll get with the Oakleaf people and see what they recommend to make the cheap wine taste good. Our people will get with your people and we'll get back to y'all. Yeah. Oh. Bumping the mic. Uh, I know. At least, at least we had a happy start because that's about the only the only thing that's happy. Yay! Probably for today. <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah, I, I gave you a nice light couple of cases to just whoosh, hit you hit you with them. This one's a toughie. It took me a while to research because I kept having to like step back, step go. Ugh, yeah. Um, so as much as I'm trying to put it off, <laughs> into it, I guess. I mean, we can sit here all day if you wanted to. <gasps> oh, but it is a night recording, and I guess like I would like to sleep <laughs> like maybe thirty minutes tonight. But we'll see, because today I am talking about honor killings. Oh. Okay, I'm pretty sure I know what those are. I'll like for sure. I'll be throwing some. In- I did some light re- some light Kristen research. You know how that is. So I'll definitely be giving some information on it um a little later on. But it's crazy because when I first, <laughs> it's crazy because when we first started the show. Ah. <laughs> Sorry. I'm like, uh, hello. I didn't know what you were about to say, but yeah. <laughs> I was just like, wow, I really can't, uh, can't believe the selfishness right there. So <laughs> I even like put in my notes, we. So when we first started the show, I like really never expected anyone other than our moms to listen. So <laughs> it's uh, crazy when we started to get people from like literally all over the world to at least click on one episode at the very least and like tune in and listen to us. We love and, you. And yeah, we love y'all. And it's just crazy to see how people from all over the world are kind of connected by this one fucked up thing that is like a true crime, you know, mm-hmm. like terrible shit happens and we just kind of are all intrigued by it somehow and oftentimes when we're living in a certain place it's easy for us to like turn a blind eye to the things that are happening all across the ways of the earth or even what's behind our backyard and it's just like not highly reported on or not something that you would think would happen Mm -hmm. so today I'm here to do my job and re-traumatize us all over again and talk about the terrible thing that is honor killings. Um, now, most of the cases that I have today 
do come from India, which is just like my fucked up way of giving y'all a compliment because hi, India, y'all have been showing us some serious love. So I just hi. was intrigued by the cases that happened over there. Um, but for some assholes that are like, oh my God, India, it's like, no, shut the fuck up and grab a history book, hon. It happens everywhere. Mm-hmm. So honor killings, unfortunately, have dated back like fucking BC before Christ. I'm talking about like a long, 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 long time. I could sit here and say long forever. Basically, from what you can gather it's like the whole notion of this is like this sexist idea that male dominance is like part of the patriarchy you know like males created this world they dominate the world and the violence that happens when males abuse women is just like a natural expression of them asserting their dominance I do not agree with this. I'm just saying, like, this is the notion behind it. Because, what the fuck? Excuse me. Fuck that patriarchal nonsense. (laughs) Literally, like, fuck that. (laughs) Um, But, like, uh, like, everyone was doing it. So, I mean, even when you would see, like, Roman empires that, in terms, I guess you could see as, like, more progressive, they would still root honor in like their culture and this would go along with their desire to ensure that the children that they had belonged like solely to them so like their wives weren't going off and like getting pregnant by another side hoe you know what i mean Mm -hmm. so adultery would be viewed as a felony under roman law they would even go as far as punishing family like the wives family members for being like oh you didn't keep her in line you raised an adulterous daughter and they would even steal the family's property if she would Ah. be caught so like i said this should happen was happening like before christ so in 1780 bc they would find a and i'm sorry i'm going to butcher a lot of names i'm going to try my best please forgive me it is the Hammurabi Code, which was written and made by law by a Babylonian king, who uh, Hammurabi, and it was in the scripture that they would find a section that would say that they would tie up adulterous women and throw them into the river. Oh, and I don't think that they got them out of the river. Right. So, you know. Hmm. You would even find in the civilization of the Renaissance, so like in Italy and in Europe in general, it was prone to flogging and even burying adulteresses alive. I am dying. Sounds a little like uh, the witch hunt stuff. Yes. And they did not like unbury these people. I'm just. Okay. I'm sorry. I'm a woman. I'm going to be. I'm going to be triggered. (laughs) Sorry, if you're, I talk a lot about sexual assault. I am sorry. Um, I should have given a trigger warning. So here it is. If you do not want to hear about sexual assault or it, I get pretty graphic into some of the murders and they are pretty violent. Um, so if you do not want to hear that, please click off. Um, so yeah, they would bury adulteresses alive. Um, and this would even go as far as like 
beheading of some wives, which we would see, like, oh, I don't know, in, like, the Anne Boleyn, King Henry the fucking eighth's wife, and, like, the wives before that. So it was... eh. A thing. Eh. Hmm. And she was executed, among other things, one of her charges was adultery. I mean, it was much more, but (sighs) one of them was adultery. So... (laughs) And even going forward by first century AD, you would see things like chastity and virginity being prized across European and you would have Europe. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) I had a sip of wine. And you would, of course, even see it trickle down into the notions that society has, even in Western cultures like today. Hi, Texas. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. So, um... On top of that, there are also an estimated 23 to 27 victims in the United States that die to honor killings alone each year. Uh-huh. So, before I go into, like, the description of the honor killings and um, a-, a little bit more, I just want to start off with my first case of a case that actually happens in the United States. And um, it actually happens in Texas, so... Ah. Love, love that for us. Huh. It is hard to say where they originally lived, but the incident would take place in Irving when a father would end up on the FBI's top 10 most wanted fugitives list after slaying his two teen daughters. So Amina Yasir Saeed, who is 18, and Sarah Yasir Saeed, who is 17, would admit to friends that their own father, Yasir Abdel Said, who was born in Egypt and had migrated over to the United States and was currently working as a taxi cab driver, would physically and sexually abuse them. Oh, fuck. Like, in one of the articles I read, it would... Say, like, how in one of the instant messages between Sarah and one of her friends, that Sarah would say that her dad, quote unquote, treats me like a whore. (gasps) So, just to like try to say how it the family, yeah, put it in perspective a little bit. Just wow, it's sickening, like, no words. So Amina would, like, show up to school with bruises and, like, signs of abuse happening to her. And she would... I'm, like, okay, I get the mom is a victim of abuse, but I'm going to get mad at the mom because I I just... She continues to do things and I'm just, like, at some point you have to hold yourself a little bit responsible. So if you don't agree with me, I'm sorry, but, like, mm, I just... The mom would not allow them to seek medical attention. Okay. It's hard. I I semi-understand, I semi-don't. Saeed, the father, would go as far as, like, spying on the girl. So he would, like, of course go through the phone. Just, like, take it to the extreme. And, of course, he would eventually find out that Amina had a relationship with this guy. I don't really care to say his name. If you want to, you can uh, Google it. But... As soon as he discovered the relationship, of course, he became enraged and he was like, 
F this, we're moving. And so he just decides we're going to move to Louisville, Texas. I don't know where they really moved from. I know I could have done a little bit more research, but... Um, well, and, you said Irving, right? Well, the bodies are found in Irving. Oh. So I don't know if that's where they were originally from because they, at one point, do say like, oh, let's go back. But they don't go back to Louisville. So that's where okay. I... I'm not really 100% sure. But at some point, he just packs the family up and moves to Louisville, Texas. Now, of course, at this point, like, one, they're teenagers. So I would be pissed even if my mom decided to, like, randomly move across the state at this point in my life when, like, you've already settled and had friends. Yeah, it's like your senior year, your junior year. Yeah. I don't know. But on top of having, like, an abusive parent I mean I could only imagine because that's just further isolating yourself you're further like running away from any type of help or any type of like venting or like therapy that you could even give yourself like any type of way for you to like forget about the situation that you're in at home yeah it creates more isolation yeah it just like makes it all worse so of course they want to run away like uh I know Amina is planning to run away and marry the guy that she's talking to like they're making plans on their own but at one point after shortly after Christmas in 2007 their mother Patrice or Partisa Tissy Owens, who feared being killed by the father, Saeed, would take the girls and run away. Oh. You would think that this is good, but... (laughs) Sorry, there's a but. And I'm sorry, I'm going to say that a lot, and it really makes me upset. Patricia would allegedly tell her daughters on December 31st that it was her mother's anniversary of like uh her death and that she wanted to drive to east texas to put flowers on her grave but i don't know if it was unbeknownst to the daughters but during this time that they had been gone on the run she had been getting bombarded with calls from her husband saeed and relatives of hers so Mm. like saeed would go and have all of like they had a son so the son would call him he would have Saeed's relatives and the mom's relatives like calling her saying you need to go back to him it's like the right thing to do you don't get divorced and that's like Mm -hmm. one of the reasons why honor killings happen we'll get into it later but basically like convincing her like hey you need to go back to him so unfortunately they would successfully convince her to return home with the girls Now, when Patricia would go to the girls and say, hey, I spoke to your dad. He's decided that he's going to forgive you and he's going to take us back and we're going to be a happy family all over again. Sarah is really reluctant, but she's like, "Okay, I'll go. Amina is like, fuck, no, I'm not going. Mm. I'm, I'm not going. I refuse to go. She would even go to a friend's house to try and seek refuge. The mom would show up and like stand in the friend's driveway and refuse to leave be like i'm not fucking leaving you're coming back with me he said that he's gonna forgive us and you're coming back and there's nothing that you're gonna do about it and i'm not leaving you can do whatever you want you're i'm not leaving until you come back with me and so at that point i mean is like i i'm like probably embarrassed and just like 
doesn't know what to do and so she's just like fine like please stop making this scene i'll go with you just please like stop embarrassing me like what the fuck like mom stop (sighs) so the very next fucking day after patricia whatever the fuck the mom convinces amina and sarah to go back with her to the dad yasir saeed on January 1st of 2008, Saeed would take Amina and Sarah into his taxi cab. Oh, God. Now, the mom would initially want to come along, but Saeed would tell her that, no, I just want to take the girls by myself. Like, I guess after this whole ordeal, he's like, I just want to be with them one on one. And the mom's like, okay, fine. He would drive a little ways, give them each a kiss on the forehead while telling them that he was going to take them out to eat. He would then drive them both in his taxi to Irving. So I, that's where I get confused on. I don't really know if like that's where they lived okay. or whatnot. But in Irving, he would allegedly shoot both of the girls to death in his own cab. Oh, my God. Now, Amina would die instantly. But Sarah would initially survive the attack. Oh, shit. And she made a phone call out to 911. Now, there, the audio is out there if you want to listen to it. Do I suggest it? No. Because oh, it's like, it fucks you up. So do it at your own will. But in the call, you can hear Sarah screaming, Help, my dad shot me. I'm dying Oh my God, stop it. Police later on would find Saeed's cab outside of a service entrance of the Omni Madame Lay Hotel and the girls' bodies would be inside, but Saeed had seemingly vanished. Oh God. It would take officials more than 12 years. (gasps) Before this fucker was caught. What was, the fuck? He was just caught in fucking 2020. <gasps> yeah. So a maintenance worker from the building that Saeed was living in. So it was Saeed's son had been living in that building and like basically hiding his dad. Oh, fuck. And he would report seeing him and that would ultimately lead to all three. Because it, it was like... uh Saeed, his son, and then, like, the uncle or something to all three of the people who were helping him being captured. What happened to their mom? So the mom would, like, I didn't write it down because it just made me mad. The mom later on would say, like, she's happy for the arrest because... The girls are finally getting justice. They're getting peace. To which, like, you're a mom and you lost your children. And to that, that's all I'm going to say. I'm not going to make a comment on it. I can't comment on your grief. And I'm not going to say anything more on it. It's just that's what she had to say. because. Oh, but I, I don't know if she, like, knew where he was or anything. I don't know. I, okay. I'm just, I'm we not going to say anything because I, I don't want to get canceled. So, okay. <laughs> Saeed was then 62. Saeed was then 62 at the time of his re- arrest. 
And he was found in the small town of Justin, Texas, which is like 36 miles, like 58-ish kilometers from Dallas. <laughs> so his son, Islam, and his brother, so uh, Islam's uncle, Yassin, would also be arrested for aiding as a, him as a fugitive. Islam would get 10 years. His son, the brother, Yassin, would get 12. And it doesn't seem like Yassir, the dad, Saeed, has um, gone through his trial yet, but he has been indicted on capital murder charges. So he does face a death sentence. But from what I've read, I don't think that he's been officially charged with anything yet. He's right. just currently like awaiting trial because, you know, these things can take some time, especially with COVID. Yeah. It's going to mm-hmm. take a while. So, um, so that's the American case. So to move on uh, about honor killings and what all this means, because, of course, after hearing that story, you're like, what the fuck? How can that even be possible? So an honor killing is the murder of a member of a family. It is typically due to the culprit's belief or it is due to the culprit's belief that the victim has brought shame or dishonor upon the family or that they violated the principles of the community. So essentially honor killings are done to quote unquote save eye roll the prestige of the family And to basically set an example to others to, like, not do this. Not do this or else this is what's going to happen to you. So some of the main reasons that people will experience an honor killing or have an honor killing committed against them are due to marrying out of caste or class, which I'll get into later. If you get divorced... Marriage by choice, which essentially means that you marry who you want to. I know. Homosexuality. (laughs) Pregnancy before marriage. Inappropriate dressing. And I could probably sit here for like maybe 30 minutes and list the reasons, but it... it, Yeah, well, honestly, because depending on... Who are who you are, your culture, your beliefs. You could literally use anything as an excuse to shame someone in your family and commit yeah. an honor killing. Anything that you deem shameful to you, you can be like, okay, you're done. Yeah. Hmm. So the United Nations Population Fund or the UNFPA estimates that the annual worldwide number of honor killings is as high as 5,000 women and young girls. But there are some non-governmental organizations that estimate as many as 20,000 honor killings are committed each year. Wow. Which, when... You start to hear some of the cases when you learn about the history of it. It is making me way more inclined to believe that 20,000 are killed because the government does tend to hide it. It's Yeah. Well, and you said the first number you said was women and younger girls. girls. Yeah. But um, honor killings happen against men as well. Yes. And I do mention men in um, my so cases in as well. So in those numbers, you have to imagine that it's more than... Yeah. Five. And those are and those are just reported. Yeah. And a lot of times in a lot of the research that I did, I don't mention a lot of these cases. There are a lot of I'm 
I'm sorry. I'm sorry. As a woman, I'm sorry. Like, it's ungastly, the amount of travesty that has happened to us as women. It's, like, ridiculous. But a lot of times, the families will make it look like the girls committed suicide. So, a lot Mm. of times, it will be deemed as suicide. And so, we don't even know. And We're like just hysterical. What... No one fucking... Yeah. yeah, sorry. I'm just a hysterical woman ranting. Please ignore me. But like a, one of the methods of honor killing, and I didn't put this in my notes, so I'm just going to say it now, is forced suicide, where the family will literally force the girl to commit suicide, which I get so fucking mad about. Fuck you. Yeah, what the fuck? Fuck you. Anywho. Oh, that puts so many pictures into my mind. I, I'm, I'm, I just, I'm sorry. I get really upset throughout this case. It just makes me upset. <laughs> so sorry. most honor killings that occur are often caste killings. I really hope I'm saying that right. Or killings that are in the name of caste. Caste. Yeah. It's caste, and, yeah. And of the killings, 70% are women. So 30% are men, which is fairly high. Like when it, in right. terms of that, like it's you when typically in most s- cultures, women are the ones who are punished. Yeah. So like to see a thirty percent in men is like very high in terms of male violence. So yeah. it's an- amazing how both sides are affected, but right. particularly women. And almost all of the women that are killed are from upper caste, like cultures groups so it's crazy it also involves an issue of honor that is not just along the higher up cast like you would think but it also goes along with like the lower as well but in reality it's just a fucking nonsensical way to control women and their sense of will and liberty and freedom and whatever so a little yeah. So a little lesson on caste systems. So you can understand what I'm talking about because I'm not going to lie. When I first heard that, I was like, what the fuck is that? So not a shame. Just say I'm dumb sometimes. <laughs> so Indian society is divided into four varans. I hope I'm saying that right, which is based on the role that people play into society, politics, or the economy. And it's governed by birth. So there's no way that you're moving. When you're born here, you're born there, you're stuck. Mm. So a craftsman's son becomes craftsman, soldier, soldier, da 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 Reminds me, have you ever seen um, that show? Oh, fuck, why am I bl- blinking on it? It's a comedy, and I'll have to just fucking send you the name later. Oh, Miracle Workers. Ha. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't remember if it's on Amazon or HBO. Or maybe none of those. But um, <laughs> one of the seasons, it's set in like the kind of Victorian 1800, you know, era. And it's like a comedy. So it's really funny. But it's anyways. So this girl, one of the main characters, her dad or her family, they're shit scoopers. So they walk along the village streets and scoop up shit. From the horses and the donkeys and the humans. <laughs> and they, oh, like, the go door to door collecting people's, like, buckets of shit, you know. And they offer their services. So, like, part of the thing is, like, her being, like, 
dad, I don't want to shovel shit for the rest of my life. I want to like go out and be a, she wants to go to university, you know, she wants to go to school. It's good. Steve Buccini's the dad. Her dad hmm. shoveling shit. And, she, and, you know, he's like, it's the family business. You have to. <laughs> I don't want to scoop shit. <laughs> so there are also people that are kept out of this Varna system. And they're basically used to do jobs such as cleaning the sewage or taking out garbage. Like... Basically, they're doing jobs that no one wants to do in society. They're shit scoopers. They're shit scoopers. <laughs> so, in society, they're considered untouchable by the other castes. And often, because of this, they're forced to live outside of the city limits. Hmm. And they're also given little to no access to education because they don't want them to become educated and rise above their position. And surprisingly, all of the cast, excluding the Brahmins and the warrior cast, are barred from equal education to access. And if you thought that what I said sucked, or hopefully you understood what I said, Mm -hmm. even suckier, women of all castes are given limited access to things like education. Because, like, I don't know, I guess we don't deserve it. Why am I not surprised? (laughs) There was a school in 1948 um, in Bidiwada in Poon that was an all-girls school. And when it was opened, it was seen as a radical act. Ooh, I bet. Yeah. So, like, they really, we really hate some educated women up in here. That's just Mm -hmm. not the way to go. So, marriage in the caste system was seen as inherently strengthening them. So they would use marriage to, I guess, like how they thought in the Victorian days, like, oh, we're going to marry royalty with royalty. It's just like, I don't know, that fucked up notion. Yeah, the I'll marry my cousin type of shit. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But thankfully, thankfully... (laughs) There, I believe it was in 1955. Oh my gosh, I'm sorry. I was way more educated when um, I wrote these notes. So (laughs) I like freaking thought I knew it all and I didn't put the year. So I'm having to remember a week later. I believe it was 1955 though. The Indian constitution would abolish untouchability and caste discrimination. So basically saying like, you can't, force these people to be untouchables and you can't like call them untouchables that's (laughs) fucked up and you also like can't discriminate against people for like being in a different group than you that's also pretty fucked up yeah (laughs) but it is under article 17 though i i did write that down um but unfortunately because of this it fucking still it still happens. The discrimination still happens. The untouchability-ness of it all still happens. Even though it's written in a constant, like, fucking racism still happens in America. So it's it's still happening in yeah. India. Yeah, and if I mean? they ban abortions, they're still going to happen. They're just going to be more fucked up. Yeah. 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 Hmm, so. Sorry. So there was, <laughs> al- there was also 
a Hindu marriage act, which removed the caste requirement for marriages, which is how a lot of these couples that I talk about are able to get legally married. So it's like I want to halfway give a handshake to India because they have passed some laws. But in terms of honor killing, I think that, no, they're, they're fucking lagging, bro. So. Yeah. Like they've they've done some half uh sorry, oh my god, I'm gonna get fucking bombed by the Indian government. <laughs> they've done like some half assed ways, but I still just think this is a woman's right issue that's happening today. It's happening two thousand twenty one. Fucking today it's happening. And yeah. it it needs to be talked about. It needs something needs to happen because us as women, we cannot let this fucking happen to other right. women. What the fuck? Mm mm. Sorry, I, I got a little sidetracked. <laughs> so back to the back to Indian culture. So there is this thing called a cap uh, panchiatas. I'm so sorry, which are is basically a group of elder men because they don't allow women, of course, in this group that have this big, huge make believe court section court session because it's not legally a court because they're <laughs> just like fucking elders of the community. They just literally meet. <laughs> Yeah. So they're they call themselves like the leaders of their caste or whatever, like the highest caste. And so they meet and they're like, oh, my God, we're going to pass down judgment to all of y'all because we're just so greater than all of y'all. You know Mm -hmm. what I'm saying? So the these cap groups would even go as far as like nullifying, quote unquote, nullifying because they couldn't legally fucking do this. But they would like their families who were upset with the marriage would go to these groups and they would be like, okay. And then they would be like, all right, we nullified the marriage and you can't do this like cross contamination of caste and this interreligion. And it's just like, you can't do this. So they would try to cancel it out. But obviously, yeah, at that point, like the constitution was like, nope. So when they would take it to courts, a lot of times they would be like, no, this doesn't fucking stand. Like, sorry. Right. So the caps nagging and, like, nullifying these marriages would get so bad to the point where in March 2018, the Supreme Court of India would basically declare this illegal. They would say, like, yo, cap group, cap panyachatas, I'm so sorry, I keep saying it wrong, you cannot end a marriage. Like, it's, you're not, you don't even have a, a law degree, bro. You're not allowed to. <laughs> you don't even have a law degree, bro. Stop, stop doing this. You don't even work for the government. It's like, oh, you, just because you watch Ju- Judge Judy does not mean that you can do this. <laughs> no, no, sir. Come on. It's kind of unfortunate, but, and you'll see why a lot of, I, a lot of the cases I do talk about are before prior to this but the honor killing cases around the world would become so bad but particularly in India and the call for something to be done would become so tremendous that in 2018 their lousy attempt is that they would ask states to set up special cells compromising police and welfare officers and allow a 24-hour helpline to be held to help couples facing harassment or those seeking protection. Um, but as you can see with some of my cases later on, it's like this happens after 2018. So, like, 
am I happy that they did that? Yeah, but no, because it doesn't like it. They, it's like some lame law that they threw to be like, oh yeah, we're helping, but it doesn't really help. It didn't really do anything. So I, I get mad at it. Yeah. Because like today you still fucking see it's, it's happening. So whatever. So the first case I'm going to talk about takes place in June of 2007. And believe it or not, this is actually the first time that a court case in India convicts a family of an honor killing. Ooh. Yeah. Wow. 2007. So newlyweds Manoj, Banwala, and Bobli had both lived in... Kerouan village in Kaithal and had belonged to, and had belonged to the Bonwala clan. Now, Manoj was the eldest of four and had actually lost his father at the age of nine. And Bobli had also been one of four and had been studying school during the time that they had met. And they had really connected because Bobby's father had also passed away. So they both had widowed mothers and basically dead fathers. So they, <laughs> sorry. So they like. <laughs> they had that to bond over. Yeah. Exactly. It's fucked up, but they bonded over it. Uh, so in 2005, when the pair began to show interest in one another and be like, oh, my God, I think you're cute. Well, don't worry, because I think you're cute, too. <laughs> They had to essentially begin a forbidden love because it was known to them and society around them that marrying within the same clan is considered incest in their culture. So even though they're not like technically related in their culture, if you get with someone in the same clan as you like that. It's gross. Wow. So there were other like nearby clans you were supposed to. Yeah, marry I, with like other clans stuff. within the community that you were supposed to oh, belong. Yeah, yeah. Okay. And, and like a lot of times, um, your parents would arrange the marriage for you. So I don't know if they would like find them from other like uh, clans across the country or or like their city or whatever. Well, right. I I don't. I'm not very knowledgeable no, I was on the clans confused with like villages. Um, oh, yeah. Because a clan I'm is sure essentially like, like a family. Clans could live within an area, obviously. So. Well, technically, like a clan is seen as a family. So, right. but how they explained it is that they weren't family. Like, they weren't related i don't think that they were related in the sense of a cousin or like I, there were possibilities of being related and not related uh, i really should have done more research on that but from what i um from what i read it it really like you can't you can belong in the same clan the clan is essentially from what i gathered seen as a cast and mm-hmm. you can belong in the same cast without being related to that person right in your cast it's um fuck if, if someone wants to elaborate a little bit on that because i, no, I get I mean, a little yeah bit confused, i can't but... elaborate any further but i get what you mean just because of um <laughs> like in outlander the scottish clans and stuff yeah so 
I don't know if it, it works the same at all. The, but Well, the article made it pretty clear that it wasn't incest. Yeah. These, these people weren't committing but incest. They, they just belonged to the incest. same clan. It was considered incest. Yeah. I, I'm just not educated enough to, like, give you the detail on it. I... Sorry. Like, yeah, whatever. It's fine. I can't be good at everything. We forgive you. <laughs> so, in 2000... And f- oh, no, 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 no. I already said that. So, when the parents began to notice that, like, oh, they are starting to show interest in one another, they would tell the couple, like, hey, y'all need to stay away from one another. You both know that this is not allowed. But on 2000... Or- but on April 5th of 2007, both Bobbly and Minaj would disappear and it would soon be discovered that on April 7th, the pair had actually gotten married at the Dur- Durga Temple. Run away, love. For real. Run away, love. Yeah. They were just like, fuck this. We're just going to get married. I feel you, dudes. Elope- eloping is rad. Fight for love, man. That's all you got. So, of course, once the family found out about Bobbly's marriage, they called for an intervention from the local cop, Ponchiata. And they, of course, annulled the marriage Hmm. and announced a social boycott on the family. Oh. Which stated that if anyone talked to this family... They would be fined to 25,000 rupees, rupees, which in American dollars is like $336, roughly $336.07. Oh, okay. Which, I'm not fucking paying that. I mean, it's that's a good chunk of money. of money, but I've also had worse Yeah, when but I that's, didn't have that's like, money. I mean, oh, that's like all the money I had. I'm I'm not paying that. On April 26th, Bobby's family would actually file a first information report, also known as an FIR, against Minaj. And basically say that he and his family kidnapped Bobby and they oh. wanted to press charges. Okay. So, like, they would take the case to court and on June 15th, Minaj would show up with Bobbly and they would both be like, yeah, we willingly got married. We both wanted to marry one another. And it's here are documents. It's in conformity with the law that our Constitution has set. And the judge was like, yeah, you're right. This is this is right. And yeah. they're like, oh, by the way, our families are threatening us. And so the judge is like, cool, I'm going to order police protection for y'all. <gasps> oh, yay. No. Mm-hmm. Oh, so God. after the okay. trial, they would leave with five police officers and they would head to Chatting Grar. For some reason, though, as soon as they arrived to Pipley which was like a stop on the bus, the police would desert them. What? They so just the bounced? Bounced. Got out of there. Hasta luego. I don't huh. think that's right. Anywho. 
Suspecting that there was foul play, the couple was like, no, we're, they know they're, they know that the, we're going to go to Chattingar and we're not going to go there anymore. So yeah, instead, like people know their route. Yeah. They know the plan. So instead we're going to board this other bus and it's going to go to Carnal, and we're going to okay. go there. So around 3.40 p.m. that day, Manaj's mom, Chatterpati, would receive a call from the Pipley telephone booth, and it would be Manaj. And he would basically tell her that they were abandoned by police. He thinks that they abandoned them for, like, sketchy reasons. Mm-hmm. And that Bobley's family members were now trailing them. Holy shit. They were going to attempt to lose them by taking a bus to Delhi, and they were going to call her back once they had successfully made some distance between the family mem- Bobley's family members and them. <sighs> Unfortunately, this would be the last time that Minaj's family had heard from the couple. Ugh. And later on, on June 20th of 2007, Minaj's mom... Chinder Potty would file a complaint regarding the kidnapping of Bobbly and Minaj. Basically saying, like, hey, they're missing, and I think that they were kidnapped by this family. Yeah. Ugh. A tip would come in from a man named Kuldeep Thikdar, who was a road contractor, and he had witnessed Minaj and Bobbly being kidnapped, according to him. So he had witnessed a relative at a bus stop stop near uh, Rapir Jatan village, which is about 20 kilometers or 12 miles away from Pipley. So he would see that the couple was forced into a Scorpio SUV where they were then taken to another location and would ultimately be beaten and tortured. (gasps) Bobley's own brother, whose name was Suresh, would force her to consume pesticide (gasps) while four other members of her family would push Minaj to the ground. Meanwhile, Bobbly's uncle, Rajendir, would wrap a noose around his neck and strangle him in front of Bobbly. So basically, these two, these family members are forcing these two people to die while watching forcing them to watch their partner also die oh my god and it's not even just like assassination or like a staged suicide it's torture torture my brain is breaking my jaw fell off during that how my soul my heart my existence like bobbly and minaj I'm so sorry. Like, what the fuck? So romantic. It, it, I'm just kidding. I'm sorry. It's so terrible. But honestly, I'd like, rather fucking die right there with the love of my life than... It's so fucked up that you said that, because just wait. It's so fucked, dude. Wait, really? This is all so fucked. Yeah, seriously. I didn't mean to be fucked up. Well, no, it's not. it's not fucked up. It's just like... It's not funny how you mention that. It's just, like, weird how you uh, mention that because that's, like, just wait. Okay. <laughs> so, 
after Bob Lee's family brutally fucking tortures and kills this couple, they would wrap their bodies in gunny sacks, no respect at all, and dump them into the Narwhala Link Canal in the Hisar District. And it would take the police nine days to find their bodies. But eventually, the Kahir Chihuahua police would find them. They would have to be identified by Minaj's family by remnants of their clothing. Oh, yeah. Mm -mm. Because they were still, like, in the sacks, right, when they were discovered. I believe so, but, like, the water had also gone to them at that point. Yeah. Oh, yeah. In all, it would take 33 months, 50 hearings, and 41 witnesses for the Canal District County to find the accused guilty of murder, kidnapping, conspiracy, and destroying evidence under respective sec- sections in the IPC. And it was also the first time in the Haryan state history that a death penalty verdict was announced and the double murder for all five accused. Damn. All were related to Bobli. It included her brother Suresh, her cousins Gurdev and Satish, her paternal uncle Rajendir, and her maternal uncle Baru Ram. Now, the court would also accuse six police officers with the direct, or sorry, with the dereliction of duty and basically deserting. They arrested these six police officers, or they, like, uh, accused these six police officers of fucking deserting the couple. And basically yeah. they said, like, we're going to take action against y'all. Because right. fuck well, y'all. It's also, it's your like, fucking deserting job. their duty. Yes, it's your fucking duty. It's under the fucking constitution. Like, do your fucking like, job. I'm sorry. Literal, like, dirty cops. Your literal fucking job. Fuck you. Did you see that tweet today about how, like, several LAPD officers have admitted into being in gang-like groups or something like that? Oh, I don't doubt it. Within the system. And somebody, quote, tweeted it and was like, what's the difference between a gang and a gang-like posse? (laughs) Yeah. No. I just, um, I don't, yeah. I try not to think about how corrupt our police well, LAPD is the worst, too, so. Uh, yeah. it's just, I, but I also think we would be shocked by how corrupt some of our police groups actually are. I mean, they all up. are. They all can be, but LAPD is notably, like, the worst. Historically, mm-hmm. one of the worst. Top three, for sure. Yeah. These police, of course, would claim that the couple wanted them to leave, and that's why they left. Of course. Mm-hmm. The report stated that Jayan Deer, who was the police officer during the time, or like the main officer that was being charged, would essentially inform Gurdev, who was Bobley's cousin, of the location of him and his other police officer buddies. So he would tell Bobley's cousins, hey, me and my buddies are over in this location and by the way Minaj and Bobbly are over here completely unattended oh wow mhm 
I wonder why the fuck they were so close. Like, what was the situation there? A lot of times, uh, the family would, like, pay off the police. Yeah, so they had money, I guess. It's Yeah, yeah. it's like a money thing. It's a money thing or, I don't know, like a fucking sexist man thing. I don't fucking know. But a lot of times, I do believe that the family paid him off. So... Of fucking course, Ryan Deere would be dismissed from the police force, thankfully. Um, but I don't believe any charges were brought to any of the police. So no one got charged with what anything. The fuck? Yeah. So yeah. they were just dismissed. They don't. Oh, my yeah. God. And only one guy. Only one guy was dismissed. And it was like the leader who supposedly oh. had said like, hey, here's where everything is going down. Right. Ugh. Um. But there would be, like, him and one other officer. I believe his name was Jabir. Uh, they would be penalized and, like, cut by two pay increments, whatever the fuck that means. So. Wow. Monaj's mother, Charon Depati, would be deemed the mother of courage for basically doing what politicians and bureaucrats could not fucking do, which is their fucking job. Right. <laughs> um. And yeah, she like really did the utmost to not only find her son, but to fight for Bobbly as well. So yeah, the next case, and I believe the case after that. So the next couple of cases that I talk about actually occur in 2018, the year that the Indian Constitution changed their laws. So let's see how well those laws were put implemented. Mm-hmm. So, on November 12th of 2018, Mandaya police would find a body floating in the Kalvari River, which was near Shivan Samudra. Shivan Samudra. Now, this is about 135 kilometers from Bengaluru, and I'm sorry I didn't equivalent that to miles, but you can look it up. Yeah. Now, at the time, they really didn't think anything of finding one body, but when two days later, they would discover the body of a younger woman floating in the same spot, it would lead investigators to believe that they had potentially been murdered together. Uh. The bodies would later be confirmed to be that of 26-year-old male Nadish, who had belonged to a lower caste, and female and 19-year-old female Swati, who had belonged into an upper caste mm. family. Now, the difference in the caste had automatically made officials believe, okay, this is the result of some type of right. honor killing. And once they began digging into the two's background, they would find that the couple had originally fled from their village, Chudagawandali, which was in the Krishangiri district in Tamil Nadu, and from there had settled in Hasur Karantaka. The couple had been married for just three months pri- prior to their bodies being discovered. No. Now, Nadish was a resident of the Ven- uh, the Venkate Shapuram and was working as a painter when he had met Swathi and the two mm. fell in love. 
Now, Swathi, coming from an upper caste family, she knew that her family was not going to let the two be in love or fall in love. And that as soon as they figured it out, like, they were going to set her up with some kind of arranged marriage. So instead of going that route, the two just decided, fuck this, we're going to run away in secret. Run away, love. Run away, love. So on November 10th of 2018, the couple went to a public meeting where an actor or politician, Kamal Hassan, was set to speak. Now, unbeknownst to them, one of Swati's distant relatives also happened to attend the same meeting and sees the couple, like, by chance, off in the distance. No. As soon as seeing the couple, as soon as this cousin sees the couple, he immediately calls Swati, Swati's father, Srinivasa, who had been hunting for the couple since they had fled months prior. <laughs> as soon as the meeting with the politician slash actor was finished, they were surrounded by Srinivasa and the people that he decided to bring along with him. Oh. An argument had ensued. And at some point, the couple agreed to go with the father to the police station in order to settle the situation for good. Because a lot of times, you'll see in these cases, like, the family makes it so miserable for the couple. And they'll be like, give us the jewelry and we'll be happy and we'll leave you alone. Like, do this and we'll be happy and leave you alone and so the couple is trying to do everything to appease the family and make it so that they'll leave them alone yeah but then when you end up going to the courts the courts will be like oh well you did this for the family you did that for the family like you're doing all of these things that means that you love the family and you don't some fucked up way of saying like oh no that means like you actually care about the family and you don't uh, want this marriage. <laughs> it's like, no, I just what? want my family to leave me the fuck alone. Right. Like, So you, you end up seeing that, like, the couples will be so desperate to get the family away that they end up, like, getting in these situations. And, like, so I, I know it seems silly. It seems stupid. Like, why would you do this? But you have to understand, like, these couples are just so desperate. They'll believe anything and they're just so desperate to want that peace from the family that they think like oh i we will go to the police station and like it will be settled for good they don't think that like the alternate could really happen right it's just so instead of being driven to the shivan nasamudra oh sorry so instead of being driven to the police station, they were dr- driven to Shinivasamudra, where they then beat Nadish and accused him of humiliating the family by marrying their upper caste daughter. Mm-hmm. From there, they would tie his hands together along with his legs and throw him alive into the river at 3 a.m. on November 11th. Swati would be forced to watch her husband drown to death 
before she too was tied with her own dupada, which I'm sorry if I pronounced it wrong, but it's the scarf that they wear around their heads mm. and was thrown into the same river herself. Oh. And it's just something about using her headscarf. Um, yes. To bound her with. Yeah. Fucked. It, it, it's just something about that that just makes it extra fucked up. Mm-mm. Like, fuck you. And it gives an extra fuck you to the... Mm. Of this whole thing, Swahidi's father said that he was forced to get rid of the couple as there was opposition in the village to the intercaste marriage. Ugh. The Hasor town police would arrest Srinivasa, Srinivas, 40, Venkatish, 43, and Srinivas' brother, whose name was Krishnan, who was 26. Now, police are still on the lookout for three others, I believe. Aswathapa, 45, Swathi's uncle, Venkatraj, 25, and Swathi's cousin, Swamithan, who was the driver in abetting the murder. Mm. Now, to put into perspective to how bad this was happening, um, fucking within that week, Barely five days later, Harish, a 27-year-old cab driver, or sorry, a 27-year-old cab owner from Bengaluru, would be found hacked to death. Ooh. Now, Harish had belonged to the Nayaka caste, but that did not stop him from falling in love with the Minikashi, who had belonged to the Thigala caste. Which was basically a upper, a really like high up cast. And the pair both met when they were in high school. So they had gotten married just eight months prior to Harish's body being discovered. And Minakashi at the time was expecting their first child. No. Oh, fuck. Now Harish's body had been found in the Kaveri River near Mandaya and he had been reporting reported missing the day before by friends and family who had launched the search for him initially. Now Minakashi had reportedly told police that it was her brother who had killed Harish. Okay. Now she does have two brothers. But when police would question them, they would essentially find that the younger brother, Naveen Kumar, didn't really, like, know anything or he was acting pretty innocent. So they were like, okay, let's move on. And they would even find that Naveen would say, hey, like, don't worry about me. It's actually my older brother, Vinay Kumar, who killed Harish. Oh. Now, even though Naveen said this, like, take... It with a fucking grain of salt because, um, according to witnesses, Naveen was seen with Harish on Tuesday, the day he went missing. And he would even go as far as leading Harish's family when they would come to him asking, 
hey, have you seen Harish? Like, do you know where he could be? They would be like, oh, uh, Naveen would be like, oh, don't worry. Like, he'll come back. You don't you don't need to be looking for him. Don't worry about it. He'll come back home. (gasps) What the fuck? Yeah. There were also multiple times that the family was caught threatening Harish. So that many cautious family was caught threatening Harish and saying, like, if you don't leave her alone, we will kill you. And it had even gotten to the point where Harish had gotten a police officer to approach Minikasha's family and say, hey, if you don't stop threatening them, like, we're going to have to do some legal action here. Yeah. You need to stay away from them. It's, like, in our law. We just we just passed it this year. It's in our law. <laughs> wow. This would not be enough to save Harish's life. Shortly after Harish had been hacked to death by Menikashi's family, Menikashi would commit suicide. Too heartbroken to move on. Romeo and Juliet. And like how you said you wouldn't be able to move on earlier. Yeah. And she was expecting their first child. Right? Oh, God. This case, like, really fucked. I had had to step away. I don't know if I was pregnant. I don't know. I had to step away after this one. This one really fucked me up. But it's like, especially in that community, though, you're fucking alone. Like, yeah. And then you're seen as like a pregnant. It's it's it is not the same. It's not the same as here. I'll tell you that. Yeah. I can't imagine. She probably thought like, because then what? You go back to your abusive ass family that fucking killed your husband. No. Well, yeah. And then they may not have even known she was pregnant. And so she was probably maybe afraid that if they found out she was pregnant, they'd probably just kill her too. I don't know. Who even knows? Here's another case that really fucked me up. So Kasayula, who is 19 and a female, had met Shankar, a male 22, while they were students at a private engineering college in Palachi. Ooh. And the two fell in love. Yeah. So Caillou Salia had belonged to the Thivar community, which is a dominant caste in their community, and was also a native of Palini in Dengulor district, while Shakar was a delete youth of the Kumar Lingam near the Uba Delept, which um it doesn't like outright say, but from my research and what I gathered, the delete is oftentimes like tied to the untouchables. It seems like that's almost what they call them now. I could be completely uh. off, but from what I've seen, like a lot of hap- violence happens to delete youth or to delete Yeah, it's people. almost like a new slang term. Yeah, so I don't, Um, it does seem like they have some kind of tie to that, that they're deemed like really low in society for some like fucked up reason. Delete, like... Ugh. I yeah. know it's probably something yeah. else in the Indian culture, but, but in, still. A, in English, like just the word delete, it sounds fucked up. I know. <laughs> like, and I may be saying it like wrong, but still. from society. I know, yeah, but, still, but still, like even if it's wrong, it's just like... Fucked up. Yeah. Ugh. So when Kasuyala's family would catch wind of her romance... 
they would prepare to marry her off like a lot of families would do if they right. caught wind of anything like that. So instead of listening to her family, they were like, fuck you, we're going to elope. So that's what yeah. they did on July 12th of 2015. As soon as the couple got married, they would go straight to the police station in order to lodge a complaint directly against her parents, stating that the couple feared for their fucking lives because her parents were going to kill them. Hell yeah. In fact, it would be just weeks later, on July 23rd, that Kasuyula was abducted by her family and put through black magic rituals, threatened, and beaten for marrying Shankar. My God. She would be tortured for three days before she would be rescued by police after her husband had filed a complaint. And of, like, after the police fucking got her, I don't think that they really did anything to the family. Oh, okay. Because this is Mm -hmm. also before, like, the Constitution really... I mean, like, it was still a thing, but they were like, I guess you didn't kill her, so... (laughs) I guess it's okay, Uh... even though it's... What the fuck? It's not. Dude. So... Their days would be filled with threats and attempts of, like, the parents would even go to the fucking court systems and be like, you need to annul their marriage. But they're like, no, this was consensual and it was of legal action, so, like, you can't annul it for them. Mm-hmm. So instead of trying to go through the courts and fight legally to try and get the couple separated, Kasuyula's own mother and father would hatch a rather insidious plan. So just a year later... Or, like, not even a year later, on March 13th of 2016, CCTV footage in the town of Udumaplet in Tiripur district would catch a couple being hacked to death by a group of men on a motorcycle. Oh, my God. Kasuyalar and and Shankar had gone to the shops to get Shankar a new shirt for college when the couple were attacked. Now, unfortunately, Shankar would die on scene, but his wife, Kasayula, who had been left for dead by the group of men, managed to somehow hold on to life and survive. Oh, my God. But the attack was so brutal that she would need six months of treatment in a hospital to even... Oh, my God. Like, fully recover. Or not even fully recover. To just, like, recover. You know what I mean? To be, like, stable, probably, yeah. Yeah. So, the courts would determine in December of 2017 that this was a conspiracy of murder. And it was led by her father, Chinasami, who had hired the killers to commit the crime. Oh, my God, pussy. I know. He couldn't even fucking do it himself. What the fuck? So her father and five others would ultimately be found guilty of conspiracy and murder and would be sentenced to death. Two others would be given double life terms along with a five-year term and four others, including Kasuyula's mother, would be acquitted. Wow. During the trial, Kasuyula, who gave testimony, would say, I gave testimony against my family because I don't see them as family but as criminals who need who had to be brought to justice. Hell yeah. 
Sometimes I wish I had also died. But if I had, Shankar, Shankar would not have got justice. My family would not have been punished. So many people have helped me. It has inspired me to carry on the fight against caste and honor killings. Oh, oh my God. This victory would be short-lived, though. No! When, on June 22nd of 2020, the Madras High Court would overturn <gasps> the Sessions Court verdict and acquit... <gasps> Chinasami and two others of the murder and assault of Shankar and Kasuila. Oh my god. The other death sentences would be commuted to 25 years. Okay. And the high court basically said the prosecution failed to prove any kind of conspiracy that happened. <laughs> I'm telling you, the government fucking covers it up. Come for me. I don't care. <laughs> Be careful what you wish. <laughs> I know. You know what? I'm suicidal, so I don't care. <laughs> of this, Gossila says... Sorry, I shouldn't laugh when I say that. <laughs> Of this whole thing, Kasila says, I will continue to fight till Shankar gets his justice. Because that's the fucking bad bitch she is. You. So, of course, before I end, I don't know why I wanted to do this, but just to rub some salt and limon into your little wound... Yay! Here are some current cases that are happening as of this year. As of not that long of, like, this year. So, in northern India, police arrested a man after he walked into a police station carrying his daughter's severed head. (gasps) In March of 2021. Holy shit! This year. Huh. The man would tell police that he attacked his 17-year-old daughter. (gasps) 17-year-old daughter. With an axe after he discovered her in what he described as a compromising position with the man. I wonder what his definition of compromising position is. And even if it's compromising, like, who the you fuck don't cares? Behead her. Oh my God. I'm sorry. I, unfortunately, because this is 2021, there are a lot of photos and videos that were being thrown around media. Ugh. But in a weird, twisted way, I guess it uh, kind of worked out because it sparked a major outcry for specific laws about honor killings to be made because what the fuck Mm -hmm. we need to do something about this this is not it's not acceptable it's not bearable it's not it's not happening it's happening and it needs to not be happening like i'm it's a bunch of double standards you need to help these women you need to help these victims it's 
just a month prior to this case, there was another woman that was burned alive <gasps> by family members over an interfaith relationship okay. in Uttar Pradesh. Wow, what the fuck? Okay, so going back to that witch hunt idea, Jesus. No, it it seriously does seem like a witch hunt. And it honestly, it it's almost how we are seeing an increase as time goes on. I know that this has happened for a long period of time, but even in some of the research that I did in like 2015, I'm probably getting the year wrong, they found like an insane spike of honor killings, like over 700% jump I'm talking about. And like it was just within this one year alone because the next year it dropped off. But it's just like in the 2000s, in modern day era, like, we are seeing huge jumps of this happen. It, I mean, right. it, it's it's a problem. It's a woman's rights issue. And, I mean, like, you as a woman, if you're a woman and you're hearing this, even if you're a man and you're hearing this, like, the, it's just something that, as human beings, we shouldn't allow. Your family members should not be fucking allowed to do, like... No. For such stupid reasons, for fucking wanting to live your life and love someone or live your life a way that you want. No, fuck you. If you're not hurting anyone, live it how you want, hun. I don't care. Right. The fuck? Mandu Garge, the vice president of All Indian Democratic Women Association, Association's Uttar Pradesh chapter says of honor killings, daughters in India are seen as a sign of family honor, which results in such crimes. The issue of the right to choose needs immediate attention, and a separate law should be made to deal with the honor killings. With these cases being around the world, and I'm talking about all around the world, like again, it's my weird way of complimenting you. I just really stuck to India, but you do see it all around the world, even in America. Communities want to try and hide that they are doing this. And because the communities and the government or whoever will try to hide this, it, of course, is hard to get a lot of information on these victims. And that's why, other than the names and the incidents, I don't really have that much to go off on. Mm-hmm. But I did want to end this speech, this episode, this speech. <laughs> I did <laughs> I did want to end this episode by giving them recognition, the, giving them the recognition that they deserve and that they did something that was the hardest thing that someone could do on the fucking planet, which is fighting for someone that they love and fighting for fucking love in general. Right. So here's to raising your glass of whatever you have and saying the biggest motherfucking cheers. So cheers to Amina Yasir Saeed, who is 18, and Sarah Yasir Saeed, who is 17. Manoj Bonwala, who is 26, and Bobli. Manoj Bonwala and Bobli Bonwala. 26-year-old Nadish. A 19-year-old Swati, Harish, and 27-year-old Manakashi. Kasuyela, who was 19 at the time of her incident, 
and Shankar, who was 22 at the time of the death. And another cheers to all the women out there who have experienced violence, whether it be in the name of honor killings, domestic violence, or any type. We as women shouldn't have to tolerate this, and I really hope that one day we can all fight to have equal fucking rights, because... (laughs) seems so weird that that's not something that we already fucking have but it needs to be needed right cheers to also you know the minority of the men that this social injustice happens to as well and also not even going into genders but just honor killings in general against you know LGBTQs LGBTQ's and and um, just race against race. And you just see it a lot more modern day, especially in America, I think, with the LGBTQ community. And um, so cheers to, you know, being who you are, loving who you are. And cheers, you know, luckily us as Americans, we do have more freedom to love who we want. And I just... It really like I I And even in I terms of or, us just recently being able to love who we want. But it's just right. crazy. If someone like me is allowed to love, like leave a literal shit fire trail in their wake of trying to find someone who they love, then like fucking anyone should deserve that fucking chance. It's just a common path of life and for you to try and deny someone that right or that experience when it has nothing to do with you and they're not trying to hurt anyone or do anything if you're not being violent if you're not hurting another person like do you we like yeah, leave them alone. we don't give a fuck <laughs> like accept them yes it's just you don't even just fucking don't think about it doesn't include you, doesn't have to deal with you, just fucking live your life, baby. Doesn't Love matter. more, baby. I mean, yeah. I would I would say Smile like more. definitely care. Like don't ignore it. Care, love it. But if you have it. something negative to but say about are, it then if like you can't accept fucking... it, then just mind your damn business. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So until next time, guys, be sure to check us out on Twitter, Instagram, Oh, fuck. All TikTok, the rest. Pod, TikTok. Good, good pods. pods. YouTube. All of it. All of it. At R-A-R-W podcast. And if you're feeling lonely, send us an email. At red rum and red wine podcast at gmail.com. Nice. But yeah, guys, fucking. Ugh. Sorry. I. It's kind of awkward. Never know how to end these things, but. Hope you enjoyed it, but fuck, man. It just makes me... Gives me all kinds of emotions. All kinds of feelings. Just World's one big... Fart putty. Yep. Okay, bye. <laughs> <laughs>